That's, that's a damn good job of figuring out what it takes to win in here and then coming in and play into it. All right, Hell knowing yeah. how we got to play and then play into it. Physical toughness, mental toughness. That's what. That's the way we got to play, it, and that's the way we got to play. All right, great job. All three phases. Got a lot of big contributions. Now y'all help out the new members of the congregation. How do we feel about getting our first win of the year? All right, that was your honking Bobo moment on Entitled Town, but you know what a Patriots victory means. It's time for four downs with Patrick Scartelli. Scartzi, it's all you. Thank you, Ironing Board. Here are Scartzi's four downs from the Patriots-Steelers game. Down one, Cole Strange. Sure, the offensive line didn't allow a sack all game against the low-wattage Pittsburgh defense. Get it? Get it? And something called NFL Rookie Watch site claims he only allowed one hurry during 40 pass-blocking snaps, but 40 also, tellingly, was the grade given out to Mr. Strange by those princes of Cincinnati, Pro Football Focus. I'm sorry. You are the biggest loser. Down two, the tight end position group. Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith had four targets, and 0.0 catches. And everyone knows that receptions must correlate directly to salary cap hit amounts in today's NFL. Blocking? Bleh. That's what we say to that. Channeling your inner Brian Barrett there, Scotty. Well done. Mm, we'll get back. We'll get to that. Down three, Caleb Gunner Oshevsky. Although no longer technically a member of the New England Patriots, that was the team that signed him as an undrafted free agent after he was sensibly not selected in the NFL draft and nevertheless became a folk hero and fan favorite because you dummies thought he was good. This is your fault. And down four, zero and four. As in zero and four is no longer on the table for how the Patriots are going to start, which gives a whole bunch of sports writers, sports yackers, and objective, huge Patriots fan butts, the big sads. Those are the four downs. We now return you to your regularly scheduled entitled down. You know, interestingly enough, that's not the first time that Gunners got involved with some muff in New England. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yastrzemski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. All right, a week two win in Pittsburgh, John. Uh, Patriots 17, Steelers 14. Uh, there's been a lot of just, listen, denigrating the wins has become a tradition in the New England media. What did you, how did you feel watching the game? And uh, 17 to 14, never really felt like it was in doubt. Uh, Mac Jones, greater than, greater than, greater than, even in a really pedestrian game. Mitch Trubisky, thoughts and prayers to our friends in Pittsburgh um, who have to deal with Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. You know, when they say you've got, when you've got three quarterbacks, you've got none. Uh, I think they were thinking of this Pittsburgh team. The, I love these ugly rock fights. And I think if you're, if you're not getting comfortable with these ugly rock fight wins, it's going to be a very long season. This is how they're going to play. Uh, the, the drive to finish the game was, I mean, you know, Mike, I know you're sitting there with your pants off, 
you know, midway through that drive, right? Six 13. and a half minutes, six minutes and 33 seconds ago, and the Steelers <laughs> never saw the ball again. 13 plays, 46 yards. I mean, I know there was some kneel downs at the end, but, you know, that is, that is, uh, I mean, I just love it. I love it's an Intellivision love... football masterpiece. <laughs> I was like a 10 yard fight on Nintendo. Um, it, it, it's just, I, I love seeing them play three phases football. You know, they, they obviously won in the kicking game uh, thanks to the, the Brendan schooler recovery of the, of the muff, you know, uh, I'm so glad Miles Bryant's uh, own muff at the beginning of the game was a touchback. I think anybody who, you know, thoughts and prayers for Steelers fans that didn't know the rule there, there was a lot of uh, uh, unnecessary enthusiasm for that. But I just, I, I'm very comfortable with this sort of win. This is old school, old school Brady era Patriots winning football. You know, the, the 2001, the, before the, the, you know, the offense got so spectacular later in the decade, you know, Bill Belichick's very, very comfortable in these kinds of games. These kinds of games, I think, highlight the coaching difference. A uh, the, you know, the, the advantage the Patriots have over just about anybody else. And, you know, last thing I'll say is George Pickens was basically a no-show. And I think all of us are very, very happy we can move on with our lives on that one. While skinny-wristed Tyquan Thornton is, good, is healing up. So, Mike, what did you take away from the – it's always, always good to win in that hellhole in Pittsburgh. And they've – they, they they should be named Robert K. Kraft Stadium, the way the Patriots have owned that for two and a half decades. Yeah, um, rever- reverse mortgage field or whatever it is now. Um, uh, why why all the yellow seats, Dale? But, um, you know, I actually did find myself um, not having, maybe I was softened up during the week by our, our good friend Sal on the Twitter machine there. Um I didn't have as much hate and I was almost kind of nostalgic for the days of, of rapist burger. So maybe, maybe he was playing such a, a large role in my hate. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I listening to listening to bill uh, break it down and hand it over to slates and seeing bill you know, coming off the sideline um, at Energized. the end of the game, uh, congratulating Mac, um, you know, it, we, we've said this a million times, but the the fans with a Z and the media uh, think it is infinitely more easier to win in that league than Bill Belichick does. So mm-hmm. that's that's all you need to know about the quality of people that are are, are looking at this. And you go on the road. Um, I don't care where it is. I don't care who it is. And you win. You win a rock fight, especially in a scenario where where you don't know who you are yet. You don't know exactly what you have you've admittedly you're you're playing these this opening month as if it is the preseason now because you don't have those so yeah they're just really a um i was i was uh, elated with with how they came i'm like you said it it didn't feel like it was in doubt uh really a lot and i thought they they just they ran the ball they ran the ball really well they ran the ball really well and that can kind of become their identity and eventually they're Mm going to mix in the play action um and and i know evan lazar is pissing his pants about the lack of motion but you know what that's going to come and then they're going to be tough to deal with and and you know that they're not a finished product and anybody who thinks they are is is an idiot so it's about the wins at this point and that's all that matters the stacking wins is the name of the game at this point to your point about the running game and we talked about this on last week's podcast pittsburgh played almost a full five quarters the week before against cincinnati that defense was on the field nearly 44 minutes 
The Patriots pushed them around. They bully balled them on that last drive. Almost half a quarter, they ran off the clock, and Pittsburgh was offering very, very little resistance. Scarzi, your four downs aside, um, what was the view from mortgage-free Western Mass on the, uh, the win in Western PA? Hey, a W is a W, so that was a good thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to be comfortable accepting that uh, that the uh, the offense is the junior partner in the three phases of the game right now. If they can, yes. you know, do well with the if the defense is playing as well as it's been doing, they haven't been giving up a whole lot of points. If uh, for those of you who've been paying attention, if special teams is going to be, you know, ball hawking like they were. I, I I believe that uh, I believe things will come into place, and uh, I think to borrow a phrase, the Patriots' offense is in a good position for the rest of the year. I agree with you, Scartelli. And um, special teams play once again coming into uh, a Patriots victory. I had no clue. Yeah, once again, almost the coach uh, right again. <laughs> John, Overvalued. Yeah, no, no kidding, uh, John. The Ravens-Dolphins game was interesting because the Patriots played the Dolphins week one and they have the, the Ravens coming up on week three. The Ravens blew a 21-point fourth-quarter lead and uh, the Dolphins win 42-38. to 38. And I don't know if that was Kenny Stabler or Tua Tagovailoa in the, in the backfield for the Dolphins, but what do you take from that game? The Patriots allowed 13 points on defense to a Dolphins team that just hung 42 on the Ravens and you can't, you can't move these around like battleship pieces, but uh, what do you take away from that? I, for the life of me, I don't know what the Ravens were doing. I mean, how do you let, especially in the fourth quarter, the Ravens had a 21 point lead in the fourth quarter. You're letting Tyree kill get behind you repeatedly. I mean, the, the numbers he put up were just criminal. I mean, the, the, I don't know what the, the Ravens will obviously have a, much smarter they'll be you know much more kind of on the ball going into this week's game against the pats but like i have no idea and this again you know we talk so much about belichick and coaching and you know whether it's whether it's the what you know week one the way they kind of held the dolphins offense in check and and didn't let guys like hill beat them over the top or you know the steelers you know their skill guys are very very good as well the the Steelers when they moved the ball it was a lot of dink and dunk stuff I mean Trubisky averaged 5.1 yards a throw right and they, they held to you know Tua to to somewhat a similar number that's how they're going to play everybody you know they they've got a lot of speed on defense they are going to force you to go underneath repeatedly they are going to force long drives and they're going to force you into mistakes and I suspect that that's what they'll do against Baltimore um, how how the Baltimore defense though, I mean, it, it would make sense to think that this could be a great Aguilar game. And it sure would be great to have Thornton in this game, given the way the, the dolphins were beaten the, you know, the Ravens over the top. So consistently, I suspect the Ravens will overcorrect on that. And it might be a really good game swinging the pendulum back for the tight ends, Mac Jones taking, you know, those underneath balls because the Ravens are bound and determined not to let, guys like Aguilar or uh, Kendrick Bourne get behind them. The Dolphins-Ravens game was a pinball machine, Mike. The Dolphins had 547 yards of total offense, eight yards of play. The Ravens had 473 yards of total offense, almost nine yards of play. I will shit in my hat if, the, if Bill and the defensive coaching staff allow the Ravens to have big plays 
Uh, Jackson with his legs, obviously, evidently the last time the Patriots played the Ravens, they had John Jones acting as the spy, one of their fastest guys on defense. But, you know, Lamar's a good, Lamar's a good player. Um, take away the big plays and, I, you know, the honk and the bobo in me doesn't, thinks it might be difficult for the Ravens to win that game. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, w- watching Jackson and, and what the Patriots kind of have done traditionally defensively against guys like that, he's he worries me um, significantly less than a, I guess at this point, an Allen or, um, you know, I just, I think he's he's a guy that they can figure out. Um, because he's, it's not total complete pinpoint accuracy and they're going to kind of, uh, contain him when he, when he tries to escape. And, you know, I, I think defensively for me, it's what I saw in, in the Pittsburgh game is, and, and what the Ravens kind of gave up in their first couple of games. You know, I thought the, against the Jets, I, I, I watched, um, I, I caught a bit of it, um, replays of that and, you know, who was it? The Jet Hall and 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 Carter ran the ball pretty well against them, and and certainly they weren't. They were, um, you know, you you could look at this game with, with Mostert and and Edmonds and and say, okay, well, you know, they've got the the a lot of speed there with Waddle and Hill. Um, you know, certainly they were they were, they were running into favorable fronts, and and those guys had real success. You know, I think they were like six yards of carry and shit like that. But um. You know, the, the but the, against the Jets, you know, they weren't they were they were pretty well. Um, they were running into unfavorable fronts, and they still had had success. So I think the Patriots at home, um, and I think they can run the ball pretty well on them. And in, in, in beef, mm-hmm. I, I think you know, I think the days of of Baltimore being that physical defensive juggernaut were kind of past that. I, I you know, I I wouldn't be stunned because Harbaugh, who is you know an asshole. Sometimes he he gets them to play. He 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 can get them to play. So I, I don't know if I'll, I'll write it off, but I would be quite surprised if they didn't have success controlling the ball um, against them. Harbaugh is an asshole, but he is a good coach. But with all the hand wringing over this weapons bullshit that we've been hearing uh, for years now, particularly this year, uh, Lamar Jackson's a great player. He had 318 yards passing on Sunday against Miami, three touchdowns. He had 119 yards rushing on nine carries, another touchdown there. Let me read you the weapons that Lamar Jackson has. This is from the stat sheet from last week against Miami. Tell me, raise your hand if you actually know these names and they're not on your fantasy team. Justice Hill, retread Kenyon Drake. I believe that's Latin for retread. Patrick Ricard, Mike Davis, Mark Andrews, excellent player. Receiving yards, Rashad Bateman. Isaiah Likely, it's not likely you have him on your fantasy team. Devin DuVernay, Demarcus Robinson, Tylon Wallace. Scartsy, I think our collective hatred for Brother John Harbaugh knows no bounds. Uh, you were the sage of uh, kind of renewing our dislike of Mike Tomlin in last, last week's podcast. Uh, ramp me up. Why, should, why shouldn't I hate John Harbaugh? as much as I hate Greg Bedard. Well, just going back a bit, I was told there wouldn't be any wordplay besides what I'm doing. So, but uh, we, sh- we should for- we should remember that uh, the official is going to be the guy who was, you know, supposed to tell uh, Brother John, you know, 
who the uh, who the el- ineligible receivers were or the eligible. Well, they want to put the penny on the ineligible receiver. Was that <laughs> the Ravens' a, rule proposal? That that was a rule proposal. It uh, it went well. It went well. I hope I hope the game goes as well for them. But it's it's probably going like you say. It's not going to be a uh, not going to be a Nintendo game. It's going to be probably more of a more of a rock fight. And uh, dare you uh, say a dark place? Uh, but it's a one, it's a one o'clock game. We'd need some sort of eclipse, and I don't think there's one of those that's going to be happening anytime soon. And and even if it did, it'd be cloudy because that's what happens when there's astronomical uh, phenomenon in New England. But I'm I'm very I'm I I have a I am eh, I have brother John is you know definitely uh definitely in the among the uh, top three worst Harbaugh's. So we've, we got that working out for us. All right. That's a fair enough rating. And I, unfortunately, living in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, I can't relate to these cloudy skies that you're talking about. But uh, be that as it may, uh, Chamber of Commerce, John, uh, you've been quite triggered today by uh, Ben Volen. Uh, our buddy, God bless Fred Siegel, freezing cold takes. Um, ben Volen uh, tweeted back a couple of years ago, uh, this is the soft bigotry of low expectations personified here. Bolin tweets this when Jalen Hurts is at Alabama. By the way, Jalen Hurts threw for 334 yards last night. Two touchdowns passing, one touchdown rushing. Ben Volan asked, what position is Jalen Hurts in the NFL? Running back? H-back? Uh, mittens? Mittens? Listen, if, if you think that Mittens knows doesn't know football, well, you don't even know. You can't even begin to tell you. Uh, lead so, NFL reporter shooting guard. Did you not see shooting guard in there? <laughs> uh, yeah, the mittens losing Dullard steps in it again, retroactively again. Thanks to freezing cold Fred for posting that. Uh, John, go ahead on, on, uh, Volk. yeah, he's, he's been on quite the, the bender of stupidity, even by his standards. I mean, that, that tweet from 2017 is it, you know, it was a it kind of juxtaposed against, this bullshit that he put out, uh, you know, last night, the irony of Jalen Hurts being a better pro than Mac Jones and Tua, you know, I mean, here, here he is, you know, Jalen Hurts five years ago is destined to be an H back. And now he's, you know, a definitively a better pro than Mac Jones and Tua. It's, it's just, the trolling is so grotesque. I'm, I'm almost thinking he's getting paid by the comment. You know, I mean, we know these guys aren't making much, doing what they're doing. The globe is, you know, free for your first six months. Uh, after that you cancel and you sign up again, like the old BMG CD days, the, he, he, you know, after the, the Jalen hurts better pro, he retweets some weird tweet about Matt Patricia trending Darius slay Detroit issue. I mean, it has nothing to do with anything. His personal animus toward the Patriot coaches, whether it's Belichick or Patricia or anybody, it just, completely i think clouds his ability to be objective on anything then there was another tweet you know has mac really played well enough to earn 10 years of tenure based on something that charles davis said on the broadcast in the first half no that's only on shaughnessy and his union the, the tenure. yeah i mean that, like, word that's, play. you know if you were to dig into that one right it's like what is that nobody has nobody earns tenure in the nfl those guys compete for their jobs every single day Right. Every week they are on trial on their effectiveness and in season to season, they have to prove it. And Ben Volan, like, I mean, that would be the furthest thing from his mind. So when he's talking about 10 years of tenure, like, 
I mean, I just genuinely, that is nothing but like shit post trolling. And like, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore because that's all he does. And comments like that, though, I will say people like me get triggered. Others, you know, obviously get triggered if you look at the comments. And I'm starting to wonder if like, that's the business model. Like that's where he goes back to his bosses. Yeah, boss. Like I know nobody's reading my Sunday notes column based on our you know, subscriber numbers, but check out the engagement I'm getting on Twitter when I say something negative about Mac Jones. I mean, like is pain paid by the click paid by the comment. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it is discouraging though. Cause I would like some, like, you know, Jim Donaldson, we, we probably haven't sung his praises enough. I think one of the pods recently, and I may not have been on it. You guys might've been talking about him last week. Hold on. He's singing Jim like, Donaldson's praises? It, it, no, wait, no, no, no. Jim McBride. Jim McBride. Sorry. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Take, sorry. A, take a lap, John. I, I'm sorry. I had not a seizure there when you said that. Not Jim Donaldson. Jim McBride. And that actually, that helps make my point. The guy is like an umpire, right? He is so kind of anonymous and decent in his coverage and kind of, kind of playing it straight. I mean, I can't remember his name. I wish he was more prominent. I wish... You know, I wish his stuff was popping, but it's apparently it's not because it's not insidious enough. Like it, maybe that says more about me that like the, the I'm missing McBride stuff and I'm seeing Volans. Meanwhile, Mike on Route 1 over on Yaki Way, excuse me, Jersey Street all as well. While that Mittens losing fucking Dullard is stepping on his own dick and splinging his own feces. Um, the Volans stuff, you, you actually had some. A tweet earlier today actually i'll get to that later but the, the volan is i mean how can anyone take him seriously his colleagues don't take him seriously we've all been told from people in the media behind the scenes that he is he is unprecedented loathing is the term that i was told i i've heard many things from people uh in the building for sure going back to the the week of the uh the jacksonville afc championship game yes where people who worked in the building with him, I people <laughs> just proactively told me, "Hey, he's not down there. Um, he's not. He's not down there. He's pretending like he's at the stadium." I forgot about and, that. And and he's not there. Uh, and I always with him, I do. I, I have tended to argue with people. I I never liked the troll and Volan thing because I always think he's just very stupid. Uh, yes, agreed. And and, and, I, and I think right, it, it is a yes answer for sure. But I think the, in the past um, this season, it has been straight troll, and he is really at the top of of that list right now. He's like you know DJ Bean is clearly doing that and with no success at all, uh, just completely irrelevant. At least there is engagement from from Boland, but DJ Bean gets like is DJ you know, Bean your favorite broad in sports? He is. He's yes, yes. As, as some, <laughs> I, I I heard today also someone referred to to Michael Hurley as as DJ B as DJ B if he was a top. So I thought that was really that was really <laughs> clever. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're doing some work. The Brian Phillips, Brian Phillips, this the, the Spalpit guy, you know, who who has his profile picture in, in a Mister Tux. And if you're in a Mister Tux in your profile pic. That, that's 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 a flag. Right Hold on, there. that's the guy whose Twitter yeah. handle is hat in ass Brian. Is that the one you're yeah, talking about? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> he dresses like a million bum goes to parties. Yes. Or he'd like to. Anal bum covered. Uh suck it, Trebek. 
Scartelli, I gave you some homework. Uh, uh, because- but before that, before Go that, ahead. I've just got a, I've got a one-liner I need to unload here. <laughs> just that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I peeled back the wow. But anyways, Alanis Morissette understands irony better than Ben Volan does. Everybody claps. Well done, Scartelli. Exactly. I think I had that on BMG, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Scarcy, I gave you a homework assignment because misery loves company. I asked you to listen to the uh, uh, off the abortion table with Brian Barrett. Uh, what were your what were your thoughts and uh, opinions regarding it? He's going to have to go to another state if he's in the South. If we're going to listen to that again, Jesus. Well, one, I hate you. <laughs> uh, two, there definitely needs to be more. Uh, when they do the, the ad reads, they definitely need to read the uh, the problem gambler hotline numbers and website information even slower because Lord knows. It's the FedEx nothing... ad, the dude from the FedEx ad. That's going to be this week's Easter egg. Brian Barrett reading the uh, the gambling disclaimers <laughs> on 17X fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what you have to do. I, mean, I guess it's against the rules, against the law, something that you can't, uh, you can't, you know, blipfert your way through the... Uh, through the, the disclaimers, but nevertheless, you know, bring in John Machetta, bring in the micro machines guy, something to read through <laughs> that. But anyways, <laughs> you can definitely tell this guy was a uh, WEI product during their, uh, during their previous and still current 98.5, but dumber, you know, plan trademark. Oh, yeah. And just the, the ridiculousness of the, you know, that he doesn't care about uh, doesn't care about how good the the tight ends you know were were blocking during the game. All that matters is I've got a, a 21, 21 and a half million dollar cap hit. So that means they have to be catching passes like they're Gronk Bavaro or something. How it's you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a fantasy football struggle session. It, I, it's, I think you know that, that's it, pretty, that's pretty much it. it and of course. Know, it, he has him on FanDuel. Like he's he's the 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 pod Fandle, is sponsored by FanDuel. FanDuel is one of his sponsors, right? So so I mean, it's there's there's got to be some sort of like you know kind of he's he's repping the fantasy football crowd here. Blocking gets you no points, right? It, like if I drafted him and he blocks, well, that's worthless. And on top of it, Brian Brian Barrett makes Ted Sarandis sound like Michael Buffer. I mean, the guy does sound like Costanza reading risk management. Uh, in order to evaluate risk, we must understand risk. Is that John, your Castiglione? Is that Castiglione? <laughs> swing and a pop-up. <laughs> John, Tony Maserati's writing a book. Hold on. Oh. Tony Maserati is writing a book about the success in Boston sports over the last dozen years. It's called This Is Our City, and it's, it's coming October 21st, and I use the word coming. Uh, f- with tongue firmly implanted in cheek uh, because it's, his tongue has just come out of Felger's asshole. But uh, the chances that you would, any chance that you would, I mean, this this book exists to be mocked, so we should mock it. It, it. This is our city that I shit on every day on the radio. I mean, it's it's disgusting. And it's, these guys are such con men and just enough people fall for it that they can, they can prolong the con. You know, it's, and you know, if, if the average consumer isn't going to see right through this bullshit and ignore his book, why would, you know, like the, the Red Sox are hiring him and putting him in the booth. You know, I, I just don't, I fundamentally don't get it. There are things in this, in this market. I just will never understand. I will never understand why Bob Kraft 
doesn't buy W-E-E-I and turn it into Patriots Pravda. You know, I just, I, I will never understand why he didn't buy the Herald when it was Tony Maserati, who's on 98.5, is doing the games on Nesson while the, their radio partner is W-E-E-I. I don't get it. It's yeah. crossing the streams it, of suck. It, you know, it's like the, the Herald was there to be bought too. It's like, I, you know, they, I don't even know if I like the, the coverage I get on Patriots.com. You know, it's like, doesn't, you don't see this in other markets. You know, you don't see the team getting, it, people were clowning on Andrew Filipponi, uh, the, the, the Steelers guy right, who was talking about how excited he was. The Patriots were coming into town and the, the Steelers were going to get, you know, a 20 years worth of exorcism out on this Patriots team. And, you know, he was all rah-rah. And, of course, the Steelers lost. And, you know, a bunch of folks were kind of, you know, clowning him in the response. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, I would love somebody in Boston radio to come out like that. You know, the, the Patriots are going to come out. And, you know, they're going to come out and they're going to whip the Ravens and go to two and one. And all you idiots that we're talking to and four are going to look twice as stupid. You know, who's who's saying that in, in defense of the Patriots in this market? Nobody. And why not? Like in, in Pittsburgh, ooh, that's a that's a big, tough town, big blue collar town. Uh, you know, it's like their radio guys are comfortable saying that shit. Nobody in Boston wants to. Nobody in Boston wants to zig. When it's all why these this other pod losers, exists, John. It's why this pod exists. It, I mean, all these other losers are zagging. And it's like, I'm going to differentiate myself, Brian Barrett, by zagging even harder with stats analytics with a z mm -hmm. by the Blake. way by the way he is he is he is the the guy in the natural imagine yourself a ship at sea <laughs> <laughs> mike is is tony maz actually dj bean if dj bean was a bald power bottom uh, tony maz tony maz has way more talent than than dj bean could ever hope to have and Tony Maz's only talent really to me is, is fluffing, fluffing Felger, but you know, it, it really is. It's, it sucks that that is a, um, a segment that, that this, this could somehow appeal to a segment of the marketplace and you know, that is who it appeals to, right? It's that low information. It's going to, they're going to be like father's day gift books, mm -hmm. like the, the tales from those, those mass produced like they do for every, thing like tales from the locker room tell the felger did like the tales from the patriot sidelines that's and, dale yeah, arnold's just, music right yes dale arnold is uh, yeah that's his right right in his area of expertise and you know and maz they write these shitty books like the uh ortiz like it's just it's so it sucks it sucks that that exists but you know what I, I don't know we're we're um i think we're kind of the uh, middle-aged men screaming at, at, at yeah. clouds here yeah. as, it, as it comes to this yeah scartsy um there were two monday night games on monday night that we had the uh, the bills playing the titans and the vikings playing the eagles uh while john and i both live in god's time zone for sports fans how did the two monday night games play back home i uh i didn't see either of them so <laughs> <laughs> he's not the best color man in the league for nothing folks good prep on that one Good prep on you got a one. career in sports radio, Scarcy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just just like Tony Maz, he's not watching the games. <laughs> That's right. I'll just, you know, I'll wake up and I'll, you know, go and get the, you know, get the sporting news and see what to see what happened. Or the uh what was the other thing that Buckley killed? Uh oh, the, the, the national, national the national <laughs> allegedly killed. Steve Buckley doing the hang.
I've got a question here. Tony Maz is nominally a writer. What is his signature thing that he's written? What's his, you know, it was the best. I don't know what I don't know what the time. signature thing that he's written it on written is, but I know he's written it on uh, Felger's ball sack. <laughs> and then everybody clapped. Um, <laughs> Mike, did you watch any either of the Monday night games uh, in this night? Yeah, I watched some of the, the Bills game. And um, I watched the Bills game. And here, here's my uh, my thought on that. So they're a good team. They're tough. They're going to be tough. Um, they're they're a worthy adversary at this point. But mm-hmm. in the last, since 2010, uh, when, when has the September champion made it to the Super Bowl? I, I don't care about winning. So. Off the top of my head, I'll, I'll, I think, you know, the 19 Chiefs were, were really good in September. I don't think mm-hmm. they lost. They're really good. And, and it was like, okay, they, they look like they're going to be, you know, they're going to be there at the end. And, and they were. Uh, but beyond that, I can't, like, uh, I don't think of any team that was the, the September champion. Uh, 13, the uh, the Broncos made it to the Super Bowl and got their dick kicked in which was fantastic i know beautiful it was beautiful yeah yeah i know i know it was to the the poodle and that really changed my view on on coaching in that league but whatever uh but um you know i think he's carol has proved himself to be a competent coach at at a minimum Mm -hmm. but um you know i will i will i will short the idea that this is you know some juggernaut that We'll be there at the end, and if they are, we'll have to fucking deal with the fallout, which will suck. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it, I'm just saying the odd you, peaking in September rarely is is uh, goes goes the way that the the people who root for that team think it's going to go. You know, the I, I remember the 15 Patriots, and they were there were you know it wasn't like the um, the 19 Patriots, which I think there was a bit more ominous signs perhaps um, on that road to being undefeated. You know, toward the middle of the season. But the, the 15 pages, everybody was their role. And I, I did nothing but shit my pants because everybody was just predicting how great it was going to be. In, and then they're starting Steven Jackson at running back in the AFC right, title right. game. So right. I, I prefer I prefer where we are right now. Um, not that, I mean, maybe they'll get to be as good at some point as the 15 pages are. I just, for my own sanity, I, I prefer to, uh, to to build toward, you know, th- after Thanksgiving, fellas. That's that's where we're, we're headed, you know. And maybe you get lucky and we get ourselves a Bill's Bucks soupy. Oh God! The nooses will be sold on the fifteen net.com in mass if that happens. Scott. I will. I will be throwing myself into a folding table and <laughs> my Zubaz pants on if it comes to that. Well, look, look, look for genuine merch on the fifteen net.com if that does indeed happen. Scartelli, get on that. Um, last subject before we get to some final thoughts. Um, given it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we all know who votes on. Uh, players and executives etc that get uh, invited into the hall of fame the three most prominent patriots john up for uh induction into the hall of fame or up for to be a, to be whittled down for induction into the hall of fame are vince wilfork rodney harrison willie mcginnis who do you want to see in out of those three most yes i mean yeah. how do you pick how do you pick among all three right i i mean i, I would probably have to go with harrison i think y- you look at it his years in San Diego were outstanding. Uh, he was, I, I always felt like he was such a difference maker uh, on the field and off the field, the culture he brought. I love McGinnis. I mean, I don't know how you pick, you know, remember in running man, all the, all the folks in the audience had a hard time picking among the, 
the killers going after Schwarzenegger and those guys, you know, they, it was just hard for them to pick. That's how I would feel on this one. But, and I love Will Fork. I think Will Fork is, you know, probably the least heralded of the three, especially nationally. Um, but he was such a, just a magnificent steady player. And he allowed the defense just, you know, being at the center of the, the defense, the way he was, he just, people were able to play off of that because he did, he did such a good job doing his job. So I don't know. That's, that's tough, but I probably would have to pick Harrison if I had to pick one. I'm with you on Harrison just because, you know, well, John Clayton's thankfully no longer live to vote on that stuff and defame him. Uh, thoughts and prayers to the Clayton family of Seattle, of course. Scartelli, uh, those three, who's your favorite of those three? I think I'm going to go with Wilford. Uh, he was- <laughs> GM. Thanks, GM. <laughs> But yeah, he was he was just such an important part of so many starter uh, so from many day one. Starter mm-hmm. from that's, day one. Uh, just a just a great uh, great young player became a great older player. No, agreed. Willie McGinnis, Mike has a, a, a national platform on the NFL Network. He's on 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 Sundays. Uh, he also is the all time leader, the all time NFL leader in postseason sacks, given the expanded rounds and that sort of thing. McGinnis was a difference maker. Uh, McGinnis is my after after Bruski and McGinnis are my two favorite dynasty 1.0 guys mm-hmm. um because Willie was number one Willie has never strayed from the the company line he's never danced for Felger's Felger's nickels like even after on. leaving for Cleveland as a free agent mm-hmm. uh exactly yeah and he was just a great player a great leader and you know we talk I think Belichick talks about different types of types of leaders that they have had, you know, Matt guys like McCordy and Slater, they're probably a different kind of leader that than, um, than, than McGinnis was. Uh, and he was a great leader and it was uh, that, that enforcer type. And I, I, I love that guy. He's the greatest. I love him. And he's probably out of those three, he might be the third best player. Right. Um, you know, I've, I'm probably, no shame in being third on that list. Yeah, no, I, I'm probably colored by by some of, of Harrison's more recent comments, and but he was a great player. I, I think the longevity of Wolfork is is kind of crazy, going from a decade a decade of cross it off. We don't have to worry about people running yeah. the ball up the middle. That's a that's a hell of a that's a hell of an advantage to have, and probably just not having the the pure production. Um, from a, a standpoint of um, you know, pressure in the quarterback or interceptions, he's kind of in a place of just occupying blockers. But from a, a pure importance standpoint, it, it might be Will Fork just for longevity and how good he was at doing what he did. I think Will Fork will be the first one of those three to get in. Uh, again, that's just my two cents. Um, two words, but fumble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanksgiving of 2013. That was oh, great. God. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be just as drunk this Thanksgiving. I can't wait. <laughs> I was legless that year. My God. Do the Patriots play on Thanksgiving this year? Don't they? Am I losing? I, I, I don't know. It's not like I, I have a. Do, a right. It's, it's not like I have a connection to some worldwide web of information at my fingertips. I mean, uh, wait, let's just they, let's just. Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? I thought they did. They have Shaq, to, right. Shaq, this is why. Shaq may this is want why to not having Shalice yeah, Minnesota at Minnesota. The they're, 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 you know, the trouble. they're at Minnesota. They're at Minnesota. The night game. Okay. Excellent. Right? All right. So yeah. uh, a legless well, Mike be, will be not all Mike. lubed up by then. Legless Mike will be in an Uber on route one. Hopefully uh, <laughs> when that happens. 
we had four emails this week. Um, two from our from our good from our cousin Vinny. Uh, Vinny Vinny says that NFL teams are so consumed with finding the next Josh Allen, they're willing to jettison assets to sabotage a decent option at quarterback. Uh, it's not basketball, and you can win with just an okay quarterback. Uh, he says, look at the Rams last year. Don't believe the numbers. Stafford was just all right. Stafford, Stafford's sh- slinging shitty pizza makes me happy while Sean McVay is getting ready for his close-up. Uh, it, it makes me happy when the Rams lose. Uh, hey, hey, let me just say, to Vinny's point, he's probably talking about the Niners. And does anybody think the Niners are a better team with Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo? The Niners' odds to win the Super Bowl absolutely nosedived. Once Garoppolo comes in, that you can't make nearly the money you did yep. uh, when yep. it came in on that. It dropped significantly. Uh, unfortunately, Vinny sends a second email and he's pissing his shoes <laughs> for Mac Jones. And uh, is it Matt Patricia's job to lay down the groundwork, Vinny? I just implore you, please, for the love of God, turn off your radio. And we have uh, two emails from Cousin of Durham, Jackson Keohane, uh, who wanted to know our reactions uh, to Danielle Murr going on 98.5 and that pops and buzzes. That's a dial Ooh. tone for me. Yeah. And I, I can't, I can't speak to that one. And Who is that? Why do I know that name? Uh, Greg Hill. Wasn't she with Greg Hill? Yeah. Uh, Greg I, Hill I don't show. Know. I don't know. And Jackson also points out some factual errors in the globe in the globe this past week that remained up. And I'll say uh, that's impossible. <laughs> All right, we're on to final thoughts. Uh, I will um, be in the leadoff position here. Uh, Friday, we're recording on Tuesday the 20th, but uh, this coming Friday is, oh, is a national holiday. It's, I'm get, that's the second part of my final thought. This is a, September 23rd should be a national holiday. It is Cerebral Statue Liberation Day. I want to thank Mo Lewis for knocking out Drew Bledsoe and restoring order to my football life. Uh, the other part, um, the second final thought is a tip of the cap uh, t- to a truly, truly great Boston athlete who f- largely flies under the radar. On defense, in his 21st season, from Princeton, Slovakia, number 33, Zidane A ha- tip of the hat, a tip of the entitled hat to the blue line Frankenstein uh, he really did change change the proverbial culture of signing with the Bruins from the Senators, and uh, he was great. He was fantastic. Seeing him raise the cup when that happens in 2011, even though I was you know kind of playfully needling our Bruins friends back on the old goofball board, uh, that was truly, I mean, just an absolutely a, a stellar, incredible moment. And this this absolutely does not happen. Uh, without Zinano Chara playing for the Bruins. No icing. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. And I want to last, last one last point out. Brian Barrett, who took a steaming dump on the 2008 Celtics for quote-unquote acting like they've won 45 championships when they only won one, did the same fucking thing on his podcast today, bringing up Zidane Char retired. He's great. Blah, blah, blah. While bringing up how empty his career should feel because they never won the second one. Zidane Char was a great Bruin. 33 will be in the rafters. 
And if you're listening to Off the Pike, you should drive into that bridge abutment that is just off the pike. We will listen, and Scartelli will hate me for, uh, for making him listen so you don't have to. Uh, John, do you have a final thought? Yeah. I'll, uh, a couple things I want to touch on around the Patriots' defense. And let's start with Mac Wilson getting his hands on that ball from Trubisky. Uh, that led you to knew the Trubisky was going to throw them at least one. Yeah, you absolutely did. And again, you make them dink and dunk and they're going to make a mistake. And that's kind of the way it works. And, but the, the play Mac Wilson made, I, I didn't think it was kind of appreciated enough. And the athleticism he showed on that play, the way he read Trubisky's eyes. I mean, he's such a nice pickup for this team. He brings with, with several other of these you know, younger guys, he brings a lot of speed, a lot of, you know, the physicality, and, you know, you look at like, ooh, Pittsburgh, the big, big baddies on defense. And now they go to Baltimore. I mean, you guys made the point earlier, is, you know, Mike on Route 1, you made the point, is, is Baltimore still that big, macho, physical defense? I mean, why aren't the Patriots considered like this? Like, well, are the Patriots a finesse defense? Are they a suspect defense? I think this is, this is going to be an exceptional defense by the time the season wears on. I think they're physical. I think they're fast. I think they're going to be in one of the best defenses in the league. And this is a team that, you know, we talked about at the very beginning, they are going to win rock fights. And I'm sorry if you drafted Mac Jones and you're expecting big things. And I'm sorry if you thought anybody on this team is a proverbial WR1 or a TE1, but they are going to play matchup, matchup, week to week. Certain guys are going to stand out. Certain guys are going to post zeros and they are going to win with defense. They're going to win with special teams. They're going to win with coaching and, you know, I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be a good season. I will also say the, the, the picky bullshit on Aguilar winning that 50, 50 ball for the touchdown at the end of the half. You mean the play yeah. where he put the Pittsburgh DB in the blender? <laughs> they, the, you know, so Matt Jones throws a 50, 50 ball, all these guys, you know, the draft Knicks and the writers like Bolin and Bedard, they cry about the Patriots not drafting weapons. What do you think you do with a weapon? You throw 50-50 balls. Yeah. You think these guys get open like by 20 yards down the field? Or do you put your guy in a position to make a play, quote, unquote? You know, it's like that's exactly what Mac did with Aguilar. Aguilar made the play. It didn't happen in week one because, you know, Devontae Parker got his shoulder pad pulled off. But it happened in week two. These are the shots they're going to take. They're going to play smart. They're going to be methodical. They're going to win with defense. And they're going to occasionally take these shots. And they have the guys to do it. And the last thing I'll say to make up for my mistaking Donaldson and McBride, you know, Mike, I'm with one. You also, you also made the point you were soft on Pittsburgh because Roethlisberger arisen there. And I'm watching the Jets Browns highlights and I'm like, Oh my God, am I happy for the Jets? Like what is wrong with me? Like the, the Jets have been so irrelevant for so long, like so down in the dumpster for so long. And I'm like, well, they just beat Jimmy Dirtbag Haslam's Browns and they did it in kind of miraculous fashion. Like, good on the Jets. Like, oh man, am I getting soft in my old age? It was it was a shame to see Jimmy Haslam get his hit in the face from something thrown <laughs> from the stands in Cleveland on Sunday as well. I was I felt very bad about that. That they saw they they found the guy that did it. Yeah, you're, you're holding up your reputation as a team mom. Well done, John. <laughs> Scarzi, uh, what are your final thoughts? You know, just uh trampolining off something that John said, the, uh, the Aguilar touchdown. I don't know why people are saying that there was more likely to be an interception than a touchdown reception. The guy had his back to the ball. It was over his head. That's not where a bread <laughs> basket goes. 
It was it thinking, was made out in the media like he was going the defensive back was going to call for a fair catch to pick that off. I uh, it was Iron Eagle. He's cool. no chap. He sucks, huh? Jesus Christ, he sucks. Does Charles Davis get paid by the word? Holy shit, he's terrible. <laughs> they suck. That's a bad crew. And we've had yeah. a lot of them. God. That's mm-hmm. CBS's number two crew, by the way, for That's the record. Insane. Just wait until Tommy's in the booth on Fox, Mike. You'll you'll be a. Will you have a Tommy specific mute installed on your (laughs) soundbar? That's my Tom laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, your final thought. Uh, Zidane Shara, what a fucking champion! I mean, that guy. You know, I wish they. I I wish they got another one for him. Thirteen or. And and the way he what he did in nineteen after that job, but um, you know, watching that was him what the introduction the, was from. That was a that was a, a, yeah. a chill inducing moment. Watching him with the um, with the cup in eleven was the best part of the the celebration. That was fun. Um, watching him uh, tote that thing around the north end was was pretty great. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I actually I watched Game Seven at the uh, I was taking a red eye home from San Jose at the San Jose airport. And uh, I, this is the only time in my life I've ever done the, uh, the curly bill from uh, the powers booth from tombstone drinks are on me at the end of the game. I bought, I bought tequila shots for everyone. It was fucking, it was, you know, obviously we're all going back to Boston. Uh, that was great. And so happy memories there, but uh, Jacoby Myers is a fucking tough football player, man. He just makes high leverage catch after high leverage catch. And, you know, aesthetically it doesn't remind me of troy brown but the leverage of it reminds me of, of troy brown just and it is like it's it's crazy so uh he is tough man yeah, but bill won't get any credit for that so you know we'll not not a wr1 so so here we are um the only other thing i have is uh my media media mic um voucher recommendation of the week uh and it is a this week is a book stephen king um lib cuck stephen king um i think he's written a good book i'm only halfway through it but uh fairy tale uh, you know, he, he's good for a good uh, a good book every once a decade at this point but i'm I, i'm cautiously all in despite the many flaws that it has tepid vouch at this point tepid vouch well it's Ours. not like stephen king books could possibly fall apart at the end so it's probably a good <laughs> no, vouch. Uh, I, I thought Dreamcatcher, the first like third of Dreamcatcher is like the greatest thing ever and then the the the, the last two thirds is a gigantic piece of shit so yes it's, <laughs> it's per- perfectly possible yeah, I, I, even. Yeah, I do want to uh patting myself on the back uh going back to Zidano uh I think we I mentioned with John after game six against the Canucks a uh, game that the Bruins won eight to one at the garden it was so great to see the Bruins just absolutely thrash Vancouver in that building the Canucks had zero chance at winning any of those games in Boston. I told John on the phone talking after that game, uh, thanks to Tim Thomas and his survivorless warehouse franchises, <laughs> that the Canucks scored their last goal in that series in game six, and there was no fucking way Le- Le- Roberto Luongo was going to beat them in game seven. Um, John is at that John Irons. Uh, Scartelli is the purveyor. Sal, I can say correctly, purveyor of the sports drunk draw. He is at the 15 not uh, 15 not Jesus fucking Christ at the 15 net.com <laughs> at Pat Scartell on Twitter. The yes, indeed, that is uh, media. Mike is at uh, in this town on on Twitter. Uh, thank you for listening to the latest edition in Town. We're on to the Ravens at Foxborough on Sunday. And as usual, we beseech you, uh, please do not go off the pike. And remember to turn off your radios. Shout out to Titus Walliver.
Amen. Absolutely. Indeed, a shout out to, to Titus Wellever. And again, uh, don't go off the pike. Turn off your radio. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.